Hello, hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Deep Dive Into Practice. Last episode, I talked a little bit about the parent traps or adult traps that, you know, a lot of adults end up falling into. And today, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about why some of those traps might not be so great. You know, well, I've already talked about how it can ingrain anxiety, it can make our kiddos' anxiety worse. And I just want to go into a little bit about that. Again, what I said last time, I was really stressing anything that we do to make our kids feel better usually makes their anxiety worse, right? And so we're trying to, I was talking about the curling parents where we have to make sure everything goes smoothly for them. But the problem is they never learn to handle things on their own. They will always depend on us whenever there's an emergency. So they're never learning to cope to be successful in life. Us jumping in reinforces any worry that, 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 that they, they have, no matter what the worry is, you know, we are reinforcing that idea that it is a big deal. I do need to have three hugs before I go into the school, because clearly you're giving me three hugs. It's a big deal. I need to have it. Right. And then when we're trying to reassure them and, and that it's our reassurances that are making them feel better, that's reinforcing their anxiety. And worst of all, when we do any of these things like checking their homework, picking them up from sleepovers, talking to principals, talking to another parent, stepping in, helping them with anything, you know, let them, if their chain breaks off their bike, let them try to figure it out. Say that you're there for assistance, but let them give it a go for it, right? Because anytime that we do anything where we're jumping in, we're reinforcing that message that they can't handle it. But guess what? That's what anxiety is. That's what anxiety already wants them to believe. They already feel like they can't handle it because that's what anxiety tells them too. So therefore, they're becoming dependent on adults around them to problem solve for them. And so we end up creating this dependency. And when we create dependency, we're robbing kids of critical developmental opportunities to be able to tolerate discomfort, to be able to learn how to manage worries and how to handle any stressful situation or challenges that come up for them. That's really critical for anxiety management. So if someone's already jumping in there all the time, that's actually harming kids because we're changing their brain development. We're literally changing how their brain develops because kids aren't making those problem solving connections and their learning is limited. What ends up happening is that we we're just ingraining that anxiety because those connections aren't being made. And, you know, we're actually making our kids even more vulnerable because they have no opportunities to experience that they can cope. And that's what we draw from. We It's, it's great that we've got all this wisdom to be able to give it to our children and to the clients that we work with. But the problem is they're not learning for themselves. You had to learn your own journey. You had to learn through your mistakes so do they. As much as we love and especially parents want, you know, our children to avoid the mistakes that we made, that's what made us resilient in the first place, right? They need to have those opportunities as well. We can't tell them to them. They have to experience them. So they need to learn that they can cope with manageable amounts of stress. Because when they know that I've had these experiences, oh, yeah, this is just like when I did this. Or, oh, yeah, that this conversation is just like when I talked to coach last time, right? Now their confidence, their determination, their resilience are all going to grow. But as soon as we create dependency, all of those things are stunted. So we need to be really careful. So we got to start looking out for those really small things. I talked about a few last time, remember? Okay, kiddo, one more hug before you go. One more kiss goodnight. One more bedtime book, right? And those routines start getting longer and longer. So 
we got to start thinking, what are we doing as adults for kids that they can do for themselves? Where are we accommodating for anxiety? Where are we stepping in and problem solving or doing things for kids that, that they need to do for themselves? I actually just watched an episode of Modern Family not too long ago with my daughter. And one of the, um, in the episode, they had to do, you know, the egg drop experiment where they had to make something that would make sure that the egg doesn't break. And it ended up, the kids um, ended up getting like the, their parents to do it for them because the parents ended up getting competitive and they wanted to help their kids, but the kids didn't learn because the parents kind of took over. And that's what ends up happening. We want to make sure that they do really good on their science experiment or that they hand in a great paper. And so we do a lot of work for them, but they're not learning anything. That's not going to help them at all, right? So we want to make sure where are we helping our kids too much, where they really should be doing their own. So we need to build that awareness about patterns that we're doing, that parents might be doing, that teachers might be doing, anything, you know, around a child, an anxious kiddo, what are some of the adult pieces that are getting in the way that we are creating to worsen anxiety. And then we can, you know, start moving to what's actually going to be helpful. Uh, and I just want to say, you know, there is a lot of resilience when it comes around. I, I want to start talking about resilience a, a little bit because I think that it's really important when we think about anxiety, oftentimes it's parents' heartstrings that get in the way. Oh, but I don't want them to fail. And oh, I can see that they're so uncomfortable and I could just do this one little thing and then they'll feel better. But the problem is you're always going to have to be there to, for them to feel better. Anxiety is never going to get better. They're never going to learn how to make themselves feel better. But I think it's really helpful to talk about resilience to parents because that's something, A, all of us want, we can all benefit from building our resilience and something for sure we want our children and teens to develop. But when we look at the definition of resilience, it's this ability to adapt well to adversity, to stress, to any trauma in our life, any significant sources of, of stress and trauma. So when we look at that definition, we know we need to have stress and resilience, or sorry, stress and adversity to build our resilience. We need to have those scary sort of situations where we're not sure what's going to happen. So the whole point of you know, talking about their need to experience stress and to be uncomfortable on purpose, that's a really good thing, right? And I'm going to be talking about this sort of pursuit of happiness and the myth of stress and all of those things in a future episode. But I think it's really important for us to remember that these opportunities are really helpful for our kiddos to build that resilience. And so that's a good way to sort of frame it. So when we look at resilience, we need to have stress. We need to have worries. We need to have uncertainty. So if we are always reassuring them or giving them certainty, they're never going to develop their own competence. And when we look at adversity, so there is, you know, um, the, the adversity, we need to have that for resilience. But children also need to have their own internal resources. And their internal resources are their own competencies. So if we're always jumping in, we're never letting them develop those internal resources. And I think that that's really important too. So that's why we need to look out for those dependent traps. If we're doing things for our kiddos that they could be doing for themselves, we're making them, we're, we're completely robbing them of those internal 
competencies. And so we're reinforcing that story that they can't handle it. We're essentially crippling them. And I do see, you know, the over long term, you know, they're not tolerating that stress. They're not tolerating that discomfort. They're not learning how to manage their worries. And so that stress and anxiety becomes so ingrained because those problem solving connections aren't being made, but we're making them more vulnerable in the future. And so we see these kids who go through life without really any adversity, parents have helped them all the way, but when they get to adulthood and they're really on their own, they're the ones who crash the hardest and furthest. I actually had a great discussion the other day. We were doing um, an ethics discussion and um, one of the ethics professors was talking about some research done in the States where, you know, you look at African-American women and middle-aged white men. Out of the two, the African-American women probably have had a lot more stress and adversity in their lives. But it's the middle-aged white men who commit more suicide. He had his own theory about why that was, but my theory is those women have been able to build their resilience. They have overcome so much, whether it's microaggressions or, or out, out and out racism, just all of the challenges that they may have faced in so many different areas of their life. I bet that made them stronger. And so that's really important when we look at it. I almost feel like my kids should grow up in the hood because they will have so many more competencies to be able to draw from, so many more experiences that they say, hey, I can totally do this. I totally have got this. And I think that that's really important because, you know, if, if they don't have any stress and they never learn how to cope, you know, and their brain isn't developing because we're always shielding our kiddos, when they get older, they really have no idea how to how to cope. And so, well, suicide is one option, but I see this as teens, when they don't have any coping strategies, they turn to external resources like substances. And so we see a lot of more drinking, a lot more pot use, for example. So I think that that's really important. So when we're looking at this, our kiddos really need to learn about the experience of stress and anxiety. So it's not about the what, and that's another reason why we don't want to get into the what they're anxious about. We need to look at how they manage that anxiety in the first place and how they experience that anxiety in the first place. That's more important. So what I'm really saying is, you know, they're going to develop an anxiety disorder when they never have a chance to learn that they can cope with those worries and cope with the stress in their lives in the first place. That's when they're going to develop an anxiety disorder. So like I said, you know, we've seen this huge shift in parenting from the 80s. There was a Netflix show, I think it was The Park it was called, but the 80s, and I'm an 80s kid, like we really were left to our own devices. And the park was very dangerous and kids are going and people are dying. And but you know, parents are like, still go have fun, spend the whole day there, right? But it really was. And, and I think um, the researchers have said, you know, back when I was a kid, the radius from leaving home was like two to three kilometers away. It's so more than a mile away from home, but now it's like less than a, um, a, a block, you know, a street block. So we've really come from this sort of 80s parenting where it's like come back when the street lights are on to needing to know where our kids are every second. And, you know, that's 
that's a problem because if they're never slipping up and there's always someone over them, I mean, just having someone over them is going to make them anxious anyways, but that's going to be a huge problem for them because they're never having those experiences that they need to draw from. And so we really need to think about what are we doing for our kids at the end of the day? That's, I really don't have much more to say other than that. We are impairing their brain development because they're never learning to figure things out for their, their, their selves. And, and that's really a problem. So we need to look at, you know, um, little things. I will ask parents things like, and kiddos, not just parents, but, you know, it, depending on who's with me, if, if parents are there, I'll say, you know, when you go to Starbucks with your kiddo, who orders the drink, right? Or I'll ask kiddos, can you put your hand up in class? What would it be like if you had to go ask your teacher a question? Or if you had to present in front of class? Or if, hey, mom drops you in front of 7-Eleven and you go in by yourself to get a snack, you're the one who wants the snack, but you go in by yourself, she'll be parked around the corner and you just come back out. So I'm asking, I'm always asking for these little tidbits and it's amazing that parents are like, oh my goodness, I didn't even think of that. Um, just the other day I was working with a teenager. She's flying to Toronto to look for universities over there. And, you know, she's in grade 12, she's graduating. And so I gave them a challenge of let her be responsible to hold those tickets, know when we got to get in, how to, when to check in, which security gate we need to go to, which gate do we need to board the plane on when you're over in Toronto, figure out what restaurant are we going to go to? How are we going to get there? These are important life skills that so many parents sort of take on. And kids over time, you know, they start to hear these stories and even stories like, you know, going back to, I've talked about how we need to look at our own worries and stress. I mean, even just our own self-criticism, you know, if I'm doing too much, which is often the case, I'm trying to do 50 million things at once. I inevitably burn dinner almost always. And then I'll say, oh, I'm so stupid. What message is that telling my girls? Mom made a mistake and she called herself stupid. So therefore she must expect everything to be perfect. So even just in the words that we speak can be very influential. And so we need to be able to look at those things, but also making sure in the actions that we do, that we are get, telling our kids we are confident in their abilities. Another great, really subtle example is, let's say you're icing a cake. It's somebody's birthday, you're icing a cake. We as parents want it to have it perfect oftentimes. We'll let our kids, cake kiddo, but then we'll go back and we'll try to fix it. What's that telling our kids that they weren't able to? And it's these little seeds of anxiety that we start to set in and, and maybe of perfectionism. I mean, in these cases, certainly perfectionism because they didn't do it perfectly, mom's fixing it. So giving them big jobs can be really helpful. If you celebrate Christmas, allowing them to help you decorate or just let them decorate the Christmas tree. No, like, oh, I'm just going to fix it. I'm just going to move this here, right? Just letting them do and, and showing that you've got the confidence in, in them to be able to do that. That's going to be really important. But for right now, it's really understand, it's understanding. And I think to get parent buy-in, it's understanding that we're actually impairing their brain development when we're jumping in. And I think that helps loosen some of the heartstrings when we're like, oh, I just want to help them. It's so easy and they'll feel better, right? But you know, it's always going to, failure tomorrow is always going to cost more than failure today. And so if we're always helping them when they're adults, it's just going to be so much harder.
So I'll leave it there for today. Thank you for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you next time.